the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. I uh, uh, wish you a great Memorial Day, a happy Memorial Day, uh but let's start off with some quotes because uh, these are all ones that I've written down over a long period of time. Be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. If opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. J.P. Morgan, by the way, one of the great financiers of all time. The best way to predict the future is to invent it. That was Carl, my favorite uh, Science guy. If you want, this was uh, given to me by a Marine who's a war hero, by the way. If you want to lift someone up, if you want to lift yourself up, lift up someone else. And he did many times. So uh, anyway, uh, let's let's start off. I, I have a uh, a good friend uh, who, and she reminds me all the time about the University of Chicago because she went there. I think her father went there too. And um, we were talking about just things in general, and she sent me this, and, and I had to uh, send it out to you. Um, this, this gave me a headache after 10 minutes of reading it. Um, but uh, if you want to uh, get, get mad, <laughs> if you're a Republican and you want to get mad, go to www.obamaalumniassociation.org. It's from the University of Chicago, and uh, I'm not going to tell you. you got to go read it. Uh, no comment. Um, <laughs> it just made me mad. You know, uh, 48% of the world's mail volume is handled by the U.S. Postal Service. That's a lot when you think about it. And a study by researchers at Ohio State says that the five-star football recruits increase a college annual revenue by an average of $650,000. Four-star recruits by roughly $350,000 and three-star recruits by one hundred and fifty. That's that's interesting. Two hundred fifty-four uh, billion, or eight percent of the nation's three point two trillion in federal tax dollars receipts, came from New York, which received two hundred twenty-five billion, or six percent of the federal spending. Uh, I just want to correct Mr. Kumo. <laughs> hey, this is a live show, so if you got a question, you can call in here. It's two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. It's two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. A couple things. Uh, this week, uh, we had uh, the, the American Society of Clinical Oncologists meeting this weekend. I think it was a virtual meeting, but it should be interesting to see. I think it goes through Tuesday. So it'll be interesting to see how some of the biotechs, which had gone forward in a big way, have kind of retracted a little bit. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, stuff like Gilead, who remdesivir was approved for emergency use, uh, went up and came right back down. 
and uh, you know Moderna, which has a, a you know vaccine candidate, was uh, an eighty-eight dollar stock. Three days later, it's a sixty-eight dollar stock, and, and uh, Novavax was a fifty-eight dollar stock. It's a forty-five, forty-six dollar stock. So it'd be interesting to see um, how some of these cancer-related uh, biotechs act, uh, because I, uh, if look uh, this week, I looked at different fields and, and uh, stuff from uh, Dorsey Wright. And biotech is number one. Healthcare is number two. Internet has dropped to number three. Technology is number four. Precious metals are number six. Large cap growth is number seven. Aggressive growth is number eight. So uh, I think that's kind of interesting. Some other stuff we've seen from uh, our friends at Dorsey Wright were both mid-cap and the S&P 500 moved into a column of X's this week. And by the way, the bullish percent turned up again. And I know I sound like uh, I'm Linda Blair and my head's moving around very quickly. Um, but uh, in, the, in the history of the bullish percent, uh, we, we've never had eight moves back and forth in a, in a month and three weeks. It, the average, uh, well, the, the quickest it's ever moved, <laughs> that's something we should say, it took four years. Uh, so this is a very volatile time, and uh, bear with me, but the, the bullish percent did turn up. Communication services did move up to the number four spot and, and knock utilities out of the top ten this week. I think that's something to do with 5G because uh, I don't know if you've been watching CNBC or even uh, Fox, but, uh, you know, first of all, I noticed that there's a, there's a lot of, uh, you know, we had a conference call this week and uh, it, we had some bad reception. And I had some people comment on that, and, I'm, and I've been, I had some problems with the radio show a couple of weeks ago, as you know. Uh, it's hard working from home. But I also noticed that CNBC and Fox, well, CNBC had 14 disconnects, and they never got the person back. Fox had eight. CBS News was shut down for the whole half hour in the Midwest and the East. CBS News, something that's been on for 80, uh, no, 70 so it was 1956, I think. Uh, how many is that? That's 70 years. Six, uh, 64 years, I guess. So, uh, you know, bear with us. It's, it's, it's been brutal. All right. So, uh, you know, I, I, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about. And, uh, you know, first of all, there's a great book out there. Um, there's a gentleman by the name of Alec Krantrovitz. Tr- Cantrovitz. It's K-A-N-T-R-O-W-I-T-Z. Alan uh, was the author of Always Day One, How the Tech Titans Play Plan to Stay on Top Forever. If you haven't read it, I, I think it's a great book. Okay, so, uh, uh, you know, take it from there. Also, uh, you know, look, uh, Mark Mahaney, uh, there's a great interview on my webpage. So if you go to WHK1420, and you uh, go to local podcast down to Tim Hayes Smart Investor Show. You can go directly from my web to my web page from there. If you look at first of all under bulletin board, Tom uh, Bob Dickey's there every every day. Some people have been complaining. You're going in the morning; it changes in the afternoon. Uh, the morning is for my clients. Uh, so anyway, uh, under insights, there's an interview with Mark, and he's a very sharp guy. He's on CNBC all the time. He's been the top analyst in this field nine of thirteen years. I, I, actually, I think it's been more than that, but I'm, I'm saying it. But look, here was the key t- takeaways that he saw from what happened with COVID. He said almost no 
internet stocks are immune. Uh, you know, he, he follows 39 com- uh, companies and all of them's revenue uh, were, were taken down, every one of them, um, with maybe the exception of one. And I'll just leave that alone. Uh, but he also said that the COVID crisis has created structural winners. And most of those are in online shopping. Okay. Internet advertising names have been negatively impacted, but not equally. That's what's uh, very unusual. We saw some names uh, where their advertising po- popped up. Some of the names that we expect them actually didn't do very well. So, uh, you know, this is available if, if you want to go to that same web page and just contact me or email me, and you can get these names, et cetera. But uh, the online retail names have been very positively impacted, and basically it's equally across the board. So I think that's very important. Uh, so that's a good place to, you know, look for winners. For the non-structural structural winners, it's cost management, liquidity. That's what's in focus right now. So those are some things that you should be um, uh, thinking about. And then finally, he sees some rocket ships and some fish hooks. Rocket ships, uh, you know, just so you know, he got our, our liftoff, uh, names that could, you know, that held up uh, and could be uh, – the most resilient. Uh, the fish hooks could go up for a while and then get pulled back. Okay, so, uh, but it's a great, it's a great piece. I highly recommend it. Uh, and that is, if you like. Anyway, uh, look, I, I want to talk about the S and P 500 returns. And, and look, if we go back to 1927, so that's before the the 29 crash. Um, we have had 15 years where where we had either a zero to 10 percent loss. We have had uh, five years where we've had a 10 to 20% loss, three years where we've had uh, a 20 to 30% loss, two years where we've had a 30 to 40% loss, and just one year where we had a 40 to 50% loss. So that's the bad news. The good news is we've had 15 years where we've had a 0 to 10% gain. We have 18 years where we've gained eight, uh, 10 to 20%. We have 15 years where we've gained 20 to 30%. We have 14 years where we've gained 30 to 40%. We have three years where we've gained 30 to 40%. And we have two years where we gained 40 to 50, uh, 50 to 60%. Okay? That's a lot. So, look, I think there's some emerging themes here. And uh, this was part, uh, you know, we just put this out in, in a piece, and I think I can send it out. I'm not sure. Uh, if you want to, you know, go to the WHK fourteen twenty local podcast down to Tim Hayes, hit the contact me, email me. But emerging themes: some are new, some are old. Okay, I think the first one is telemedicine, and uh, you know, I'm going to go over a couple of these. But uh, you know, healthcare is going is now the first and foremost topic. So the Democrats have been beating up healthcare. Even President Trump has been beating up the, the price of drugs. Hey, folks. We're living longer. Do you know in 1957, when we didn't have all this healthcare spending and we didn't have all these drugs, Social Security used 50 or 62 as an age because almost half the nation didn't make it there. Okay. Now, the average male, if he's healthy going into his age, age 60, he's going to live till he's 82. The average female is going to live till she's 91. All right. So, uh, Healthcare works, folks, and it's always been a premium to the market of 20%. Where now, it was at a 10% discount at the beginning of the year. It's now at a 5% discount, so there's a long way to go. But 
She, we think that healthcare is the first and foremost topic, and health is certainly the top concern for everybody. Okay, so we have a lot of really positive names here. I mean, I've got. I told you at the beginning, at the end of the year, we had four or five biotechs, which went from ten to forty. I think each one of them, and I have several clients that will, you know, attest to that. By the way, uh, but we've had we've had several of these things hit new highs, and I think there's a couple that are near new lows that look really, really good and have three and a half percent dividend. Now the next thing is telehealth, and and telehealth is becoming more and more important, and. Uh, you know, Teladoc's the high flyer, obviously. I can't recommend that one, but, uh, uh, you know, for retirees anyway. But there's several others that were, it, it, that are looking good. The other thing is working from home, and I think that's very, very important. And there's a lot of names there that, uh, you know, you've got to pay very close attention to. That's all, you know, Mark Mahaney's partner is Matt Hedberg, and he handles all that stuff, and he's, believe me, he's really, really good. Uh, and I think, you know, we're going to be homebodies from now, so... Uh, one of the things that people are doing, I mean, we just got another dog, okay? God help me. <laughs> uh, we just, you know, we just got another Labrador named Sully, and uh, he's knee-high to a grasshopper at this point. But there's all sorts of things about animals. Animals are important now. And uh, so, I mean, there's there's a center in Florida. There was a center in L.A. They averaged 600 animals, all right? That, and unfortunately, they were euthanizing about half of those they're empty. They're empty, folks. People are starting to say, hey, animals are good. Let's hope they stay that way, okay? So those are, those are a couple of the things that uh, we, we thought were interesting. Now, I think the big thing that everybody's forgetting about is a couple things. One is 5G. 5G, I mean, if you watch CNBC, you watch anything, those things look, you know, the guys that are on, at home, are looking, they look like they're on Super 8 film, okay? They don't look like they're anybody important. I mean, they just look like they're home and they're, on, you know, we're back in the 50s and, and we're doing Super 8 films. So that is going to be probably the most important. And believe me, nobody spent that much money. Verizon spent a little money. T spent a little bit of money. The cable company is going to be out to lunch. We just got another cable bill that went up and we told them to hit the road. <laughs> we're in fiber optic now. We're, we're getting free TV, right? right? So the other thing, there's a couple other things is experiences, okay, and sustainability. I think that's going to be very, very important for people going forward. By the way, I also think nobody wants to touch anything anymore. So if you've got a scenario where you can pay without touching, it's going to be very, very important, okay? So uh, uh, I, I, I do think that's a, a very valid point here. Look, um, growth stocks uh, keep going ahead and ahead versus value stocks. And the performance difference is uh, a meaningful 22.5 percentage points, uh, you know, which is the largest in history. And it's the longest in history. And um, But this is it's largely due to significant outperformance of technology-related and consumer discretionary stocks, which are the growth categories. Now, consumer discretionary would, you know, probably be just one stock, but uh, the, the value of value, value – has the valuation advantage over growth. The, categ you know, the category is the cheapest it's been in history. Uh, and, and, you know, if you're taking a contrary argument, there'll be a time for value. The question is when, and I don't know, you know, when that'll be. So the baton should remain with growth for a while, though, okay, until uh, we start to 
feel a little bit about a little bit better about where we are with this COVID thing. Okay, so uh, you know you got to remember that part, and uh, I, I I don't see it changing anytime soon. But I don't think we're at a pivot point, is what I'm trying to tell you. But it's the largest. Uh, it, first of all, it's the longest period of time that values ever outperformed growth. Usually, it's a year, maybe a year and a half since 1927, by the way. And this has happened for seven years. It's also, it's also the biggest differentiation between growth and value on, on a statistical st- uh, scale. It's, that value is now four and a half standard deviations below growth. Small caps are even worse than that. So it's a scenario where I think you have to uh, pay pretty close attention and, uh, you know, start to uh, <laughs> uh, pay very close attention. Hey, we have two new analysts. One is aerospace and defense. Uh, so we have a new report out on that if you're interested. And we also have a new biotech team, uh, Luca Issa and Lisa Walters, both PhDs. They're in the, the gene therapy and cell therapy. Uh, so if you want either one of those, you got to call us and uh, or, you know, my, my uh, office number is 888-223-7742. Uh, or you can just contact me or email me. Uh, on the uh, uh, web page. Hey, let's take a break. We're going to be right back. Uh, stay tuned. This is the Smart Investor Show. Okay, we're just tuned in. This is the Smart Investor Show. And uh, that was loud. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, you know, I, I just want to talk about a couple things. Number one, uh, this is a live show. So if you've got a question, it's 216-901-0945. That's uh, 216-901-0945. And we have a piece, uh, it's a five-part series, which will be going out Monday, but corporate earnings are front and center right now. And I think as investors attempt to navigate this, uh, you know, the, the COVID-19 recession, we'll call it, uh, particularly when accounting for limited visibility in the 2020 profits and GDP, uh, it's kind of a tough thing. But what we're seeing is uh, I think people are shifting to corporate earnings and they're probably going out a couple quarters. So it'll be interesting to see uh, and, and, and the speed with which the expectations for the market changed was unprecedented from, you know, from peak to trough, uh, it was incredible. And so it'll, it'll be, look, if you look at the, uh, we, we take Lori Calcivita's, uh, you know, she's our head of U.S. equity strategy. Stocks generally bottom approximately five months ahead of a recession. So her work says that the news will probably get bad, but the stocks will probably do better, okay? So the fact is, is that, uh, um, the pace of the upcoming potential declines will be hard-pressed to, you know, replicate the sharp decline that we saw in March. So even if there is a decline on bad news, it'll probably be less than what people are, are expecting. So this week we put out a new piece uh, from uh, Hillel McCroft, who, who runs our commodities department, and it's called Melee or Balance. And... Uh, you know, she's she's talking about uh, oil and 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 how some of these have really got think uh, got hammered, and but now she's talking about 
you know, the future. And look, you know, one big thing going for commodities is kind of an inflation deflation ratio. And uh, this series, this is a thing that, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Marty Pring actually uh, put this together. Marty's a very, if you haven't read his books, you should. Uh, but the, when interest rates are falling, this is utilities, consumer staples, that type of thing. Uh, what this does is it shows that the stock market relationship has a good track record for for uh, forecasting major points in commodities. And consequently, its recent sharp valley is a strong omen in favor of commodities. Now, if I looked at the commodity, commodity chart, it, it, you know, from 2009 on, it's been straight down. But it was trending down for a long, long time, back going back to 2007. However, if we look at the, the, the bottom of the chart, you know, we had a kind of a failed breakout back in uh, the first part of April. Then we went down and, and uh, got beat up a little bit farther. And now we've gapped up. And if we, if we break the 130, I think it's 132, 133 area for the, the commodities chart, uh, or the CRB index, I'm sorry, that's what I'm using. Uh, that w- the Commodity Research Bureau Index, if you don't know what that is, that's uh, something that a lot of people follow. I also looked at a couple of the uh, Deutsche Bank commodity ETFs, and, and both of them, have they all have the same uh, type of chart, and it is basically a uh, reverse head and shoulders. Uh, and, and, you know, head and shoulders, a topping formation, or reverse head and shoulders is uh, – it's a very positive formation. Now, I looked at some of the, uh, the Deutsche Bank uh, energy-based metals and agriculture, and they've been going sideways. So they have not been going down. And I think that's the, that's the key ingredient. So, uh, um, you know, somebody asked me a, a couple – I got asked a couple questions just recently. Uh, what, you know, what would be uh, my favorite groups going forward? And, look, I, I think a couple things. Uh, if you look at consumer discretionary – now, unfortunately, consumer discretionary uh, is a great look of chart. However, it, it is, you know, and if I divide that by consumer staples, it's even a better looking chart, by the way. So, you know, staples were very positive for a while there. And now have kind of lost a little bit of luster because the market's turned around. But the problem with the, the consumer discretionary is, is there's two or three stocks that really influence it a lot. But as a chart, if I'm looking at the ETF, uh, I I gotta like it, okay? So uh, the problem is, it's just like five or six stocks. Well, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine stocks out of the fifty that are in it. So uh, I think you gotta pay a little bit more attention to that, okay? So the other thing is, uh, I think you gotta look at beta right now. And you know, look, um, the beta for energy, financials, and industrials and materials and consumer discretionary are well over a hundred. Energy is up to like one sixty one. Where, uh, you know, healthcare is 0.8, real estate is 0.7, consumer staples 0.5, communication services is one, and so is the technology. So, uh, you know, the, the question is what will happen in the next 36 months, okay? Uh, so if we look to a 36 month thing, energy is at 1.87. So what has led the last month? Energy. If you look at a 12 month period, energy is at 2.33. If you look at Three months, it's 2.58. So what I'm suggesting is beta is uh, uh, a scenario where, you know, you have to pay close attention because, uh, uh, you know, I, I think that it, it's off to the races uh, if, if uh, we get anybody back on the roads. Now, there is one group. 
that I've been watching for some time, and, and it really didn't participate. It went sideways for a long, long time. Uh, but the use of robots is becoming more and more important and in, in healthcare, in, in industrial stuff. And uh, look, I've seen a couple of the ETFs look good. I've seen a couple of the charts of the major stocks in that area look good. And I think it's it's going to be uh, very, very important, you know, going forward. So uh, now I look, I think there are names within that, uh, you know, you know, there's three or four ETFs there, and there's some names within those that aren't robotic companies, but they supply robotic companies or they use robots a lot. Okay, so that's another area I think you have to pay uh, very close attention to. So um, now, look, um, I don't know how much time I have, but uh, the S&P 500 is in this range, and it's very important range because it's, it's had some, if I look at the weekly chart, okay, I've had some, or I, well, I'll go back to the monthly chart. There, there is some resistance at the 15-month moving average, uh, and there's some support at the 48-month moving average. So that's something you've got to pay attention to. The other thing I've noticed is that the weekly momentum indicator is very oversold and starting to turn up, and that goes with the bullish percent turning up. So I, I noticed that Friday, so Monday I'll probably be in touch with a lot of people and buying a few things because the bullish percent is only at like 47, 48 at this point. So now the daily momentum uh, hasn't gone negative, uh, but it is it has taken up uh, or relieved the overbought status. So that's really positive too. You know, and uh, the Russell 2000, uh, you know, it's got a resistance area, but I think it broke into that resistance area. So. If it were to get over like 15, I don't know, 1,500, uh, somewhere around there, I think the, the, the Russell could be very positive because it's, it's it, relative to the S&P 500. It's in a big triangle pattern, and I believe it broke through there. So now uh, one thing I will say is if you look at growth versus value on a weekly basis, growth is just stomping value. And uh, never seen it this, this drastic before, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next year or so. But even on a daily, it's way, way, way above. Now, I looked at high beta versus low vol volatility. Everybody's been pushing these low volatility things. And, uh, quite frankly, I think the high beta is starting to win. So, uh, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Ten-year yields are in this zone, you know, between uh, uh, 0.6 and uh, – or uh, make it 0.35 and 0.87. I don't think they're going anywhere. Same with the dollar. Dollar's in a kind of a, a, a spread – uh, it's right at the downtrend line dating back to the, the 80s. So uh, if it hold, if it breaks out here, that'd be big, I would think. But I, I just don't see it. I, it's, it's range bound as far as I'm seeing it now. Now gold, oh boy, you know Bob Dick and I agree on gold. And and one thing about the oil future, somebody asked me about that minus 37 day, and it ended down 40 by the way, negative 40 dollars for a bar barrel of oil. It does sort of look like. What's known as a rat's tail. If you don't know what that is, you're not one of my clients. <laughs> uh, gold looks, uh, continues to look good. Uh, a lot of people are talking about it now, so I, I'll just say that. Somebody asked me about Bitcoin uh, via email here just recently, and uh, I, I just tell you that Bitcoin is, got a, is in a downtrend for now and uh, doesn't, look that, doesn't look bad, doesn't look great. Uh, so uh, I will say that... Um, if I look at things, uh, you know, the financials, uh, I had m numerous questions about the financials. There are several financials that look good. 
but as, as a group, they don't. But the home builders usually lead the financials. Boy, the home builders, look, they, they were up like 20, 30% last week. So uh, that's interesting. The, the, there, there are other financials besides the banks that look really good. Uh, you know, and these are the names that are the non-traditional payment type things. Uh, I did notice some of the stay-at-home stocks are starting to look tired. So for all those people that are, you know, in the stay-at-home stocks, yeah, be a little bit more careful because I do believe that, uh, you know, you want to pay closer attention to that because, of, uh, uh, you know, that might be time to go. Hey, we're going to be right back with a bullish percent. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. Great song. Great song right there. <laughs> okay, we're back. If you just tuned in to the Smart Investor Show, I'm Tim Hayes. By the way, if you, uh, if you would like any of these uh, pieces, uh, we have the Dividend Growth Portfolio, the Prime Income List. Those are, there's, the Prime Income List has a couple, three, four great ideas right now, and the Dividend Growth List has six. But we also have the Business Owner's Guide to transition. Uh, believe me, uh, if, you're, if you're going with private equity, you're missing the boat. I'm telling you, there's a lot of guys that will pay you much more for your business than private equity. Also, it t- t- talks to you about some insurance tricks that are important. The Savvy Investors Credit Handbook, the Wealth Plan. Oh, boy, I tell you, so many people are happy that they got the Wealth Plan going. We've been uh, interacting on uh, over the Internet, uh, talking about you know changes we, we want to make and that type of thing. And the family inventory workbook. I don't. I don't think if the COVID crisis teaches anything, it's be prepared, be very prepared. Get your financial house in order. But in the meantime, we have Pete waiting for us. Pete, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. I just had to leave the radio. I'm glad I found oh. you again. The new. Time. Oh, how are you? Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh... <laughs> so my comment. To jump my comment is on. Me. I'm sorry. Okay. No, we try to keep you uh, hopping, you know. To <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I enjoyed ahead, your in, I enjoyed your insider list. I used it a couple of times, and it's been very good. So I appreciate. Yeah, that. the uh, uh, actually, it's look. I, I use the uh, I research the insiders, and there are some insiders that are much better than other insiders. And also, uh, what I do is I use the favorite sector group too. So if I have an right. insider in a favorite sector, I'm, I'm really jumping on it. And by the way, I've I've hit some absolute home runs from insiders, and uh, yes, uh, my yes, clients have. have hit them. Yeah. So uh, there's there's one just recently. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it today. So uh, stay tuned. It's the next section, Pete. Okay. Okay. Now, now I just have one one question, and then I'll just leave sure. the and let you answer it. Okay. It okay. has to okay. do with with steel, where is it going to go? You know, there's an insider at U.S. Steel that bought this week. First time I've seen anybody buy steel in, uh, by the way, Arconic. There's a couple there, too. We'll talk about that next segment, but uh, I have no okay. idea. But, uh, you know, that's that value growth thing, Pete, okay? So everybody's in growth stocks, and, they're, you know, there, there's only 89 stocks that are positive in the New York Stock Exchange Index, which is 2,000 stocks, 89 stocks that are positive, okay, and they're all growth stocks, 
So the question is, when do we switch? And I don't know the answer to that yet. It's, uh, we're not okay. at a turning point yeah. yet. Let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. Because because uh, I I do follow along the local steel companies, uh, Cleveland yep. Cliffs, <laughs> and it's it's like an orphing. Sometimes it's up, sometimes sometimes it goes up, and sometimes it's in the toilet. But well, um, I think you know value stocks. Value stocks I I keep as a trading vehicle until uh, you know we get a little bit better signal that value is going to lead the way. But it, but you know, that's why I talked about it earlier. It's four and a half standard deviations below large, uh, large cap growth. Yeah. So that's that. Believe me, statistically, if you know, you know, that's big. Okay. Well, that's all I wanted. Again, Tim, I'm glad. I'm okay. glad you're on. Take care. Okay. Thanks, Pete. Stay tuned. Okay. So now we talk about the bullish percent. The bullish percent is simply a risk monitor for the market, and what it does is it takes a look at all the stocks out there. And the New York Stock Exchange says, how many are important fixed buy signals versus sell signals? Now, if you get 70% of the group of the stocks on buy signals, you should be careful because that's too much enthusiasm. When you get below 30% on a buy signal, you should be very greedy. Okay, so what we're doing is when stocks are down, we're greedy. When stocks are up, we're not, we're selling. Okay, by the way. I still have 17 clients that haven't got that lesson. Several of them have been with me for a pretty long time. And they're the, I can tell you what, when they sell, it's the bottom. Okay. Uh, I talked to them back in February about selling some stuff. They didn't sell any of it. But when they sell, it's the bottom every time. So uh, this is just using psychology the right way. All right. So the bullish percent, by the way, turn into column of X's. It's at 49.9%. So it's good field position. Remember, May, you know, May, we're, basically flat for May, okay? So we went down a 1,000 points after the, the bullish percent turned down and unfortunately went right back up, you know, a day later. So it's kind of a tough market, but it is in a, it's in a good position, let's put it that way. Now, the over-the-counter index did go into a column of O's. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, it's, yeah, and, and the world index is in a column of O's, but they're both at 44 and 43. So not, you know, not terribly overvalued, not in the 70s or anything like that. So, uh, most of these indicators got a change this week. Uh, you know, we had the, the bullish percent turn up indexes and the bullish percent in small caps and world index turned down. So that's kind of interesting. Now, one of the other things is, that, you know, if I look at domestic equities, you know, they're, they're number three in the asset class. So they're not the best place to be. Remember, it's cash is number one and bonds are number two. So the, the pros, is the percent positive chart, trend chart is in X's. That's something that we did, we discussed last week. That's very good. The bullish percent's in X's and the money market percentile is below 50. Okay. So 50% of your uh, account should be, uh, or more than 50% should be in stocks at this point. However, it's the number three asset class in dynamic asset level investing. The multiple buy signals where you've, you've had, you know, each stock has not just one buy signal, but consecutive buy signals is in a column of O's. And uh, most of the major indexes are in a, you know, negative uh, um, trend. So, you know, it's not something, uh, you know, that you, you should, I'm not jumping up and down. Let's put it that way. I do think there's stocks to be make some money, but uh, the only groups that are in positive trends, are the IGHs, that's the mid-cap, and that's mostly software stocks. That's Matt Hedberg. You know, we, we talked two years ago about how you should be getting that stuff now. Now I'm going to tell you that we had the healthcare conferences last week, 
Healthcare Conference Day 1 and Day 2, you should call in and get those now. Healthcare is going to be important going forward. Anyway, the QQQs, the Equal Weight, the S&P 500, and the Invesco XLG. So it's the larger names that are are, uh, doing well, and mostly it's the large growth names, okay? So you want to be thinking about that. Uh, And I'm supposed to say the phone number again. Remember, it's a live show, 216-901-0945. So if you've got a question, 216-901-0945. Now, I noticed that the Invesco Trust uh, is still the top ETF, uh, you know, but, I, I, you know, it's up 6%. It's the only index that's up this year. Uh, but some of the names in it are, I think, are extended, okay? That's Tim Hayes. And, you know, the, the QQQs have 55% of the portfolio in large cap growth. The XLG is positive, too, and, and only 32% of it's in large cap growth. So, uh, it, you know, if we switch to value, uh, I'm not sure which either one of those are going to be places to be. Now, we always talk about the uh, sectors, and, you know, I, I think this is interesting because remember last year I kept complaining that, uh, you know, we had uh, only – we couldn't get over 11 sectors positive. This year we have 20 nine sectors that are positive. Now, we have nothing above 70 now. So what happened with that that week that the bullish percent turned down, which is usually like 10 weeks, is we dropped 1,000 points, so we dropped everything down quite a bit. makes it more viable. So at 60, is I only talk about the favorite sectors here. This is the places you want to be. Biotechnology, software, semiconductors, housing, gaming. At 60, you might want to wait on some of those or or – you know, you want to look for ones that aren't as extended. At 55 is precious metals, internet, and leisure. Not a bad place to buy. At 50 is healthcare, building, drugs, and automobiles. Not a bad place to buy. 44 is even better. Business products, food products, and chemicals. At 40, these are getting really good. It's computers, non-ferrous metals, restaurants, and electric products. At 34 is oil, oil services, electric utilities, tele. Uh, tele- telecommunications, mostly the service sector, and financials. Financials, we haven't used that name in a long time, have we? <laughs> and then at 30, we have real estate and aerospace. And we got a brand new aerospace and defense uh, report for you if you like it. Uh, go to the WHK local podcast down to Tim Hayes. Uh, they can go directly to my webpage. There's only one group below 30. But it's not favored. It's savings and loans. How about that, huh? So there we go. Uh, anyway, I, I was I was looking at a few things, and uh, I, I just noticed uh, just a couple names moved. Uh, financials moved into favored static. Certain financials, not all. Unfavored were savings and loan banks, machinery, transportation, waste management, steel, sorry, uh, Pete, and insurance. Uh, aber- and we had some that were way favored. They were forced paper product and, and uh, protection services. They moved into just uh, you know even status. So uh, look, I, I don't know why this is, but China, for some reason, if we look internationally, is second to the S&P 500 funds. So I don't know what that's all, all about, but uh, you know the income short duration, the, the top three are the S&P 500 index funds, China, and the short uh, income duration uh, funds. So uh, Okay. Uh, also, um, if we look, the Chinese group is above three, so which is positive in Dorsey Wright. But we do have Tom on the line. Tom, how are you? 
I got a question for you. Is there any group of stocks that you can invest in that don't swing with the market? Um, Tom, uh, swinging with the market is, is called beta, okay? So uh -huh. if you have a beta of one, you swing with the market. If you have a beta of 1.6, you go up six, you know, if the market goes up one point, you go up 1.6, okay? So okay. the problem is, is there's no real companies out there that don't swing with the market to That's some degree. That's what I yeah. thought. So the answer to that is probably no. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> now, now, there's some that have a lower beta. I mean, healthcare has a low beta. Utilities have a low beta. You know, mm -hmm. uh, real estate investment trusts have a low beta. Mm -hmm. But every, everything moves with the market to a certain degree, Tom. That's what I thought. That was, that was hoping. Thanks anyway. Yeah. Bye. All right, man. Have a great day. So anyway, China has been one of the stars of the international group, and I, I got uh, four or five, you know, uh, really good-looking ETFs in that area. Uh, also, the fixed income area, uh, it's all government bonds, okay? So uh, we did have oil stay positive for the fourth week, and gold went negative for the, the uh, second week. And uh, uh, I did notice that some of the silver uh, ETFs, silver trust, broke out this week, so... There we go. Now, relative strength buy signals, we had allied motion technologies. Relative strength is very important in, in technical trading. So what we're doing is matching fundamentals with technicals. Activision, uh, we had Beezer Homes and Exact Sciences, Herbal Life, uh, Expedia, uh, Green Brick, Live Person, Masco, Seabridge, Gold, Winnebago, Tech Resources, Malibu Boats, Viper Energy, Sunrun, Zenerba Pharmaceuticals, that's kind of a pot company. Collectus, Advi, Stitch Fix, which is a, a Mark Mahaney stock, by the way. Sailpoint Technologies, Domo, Aurora Cannabis, which made a huge move this week. Uber, uh, and then we had some sales, which would Avid Technology, American Financial Group, uh, Huron Colt Consulting, and Chatham Lodging, and Huntington Ingalls. Okay, stay tuned. We'll be right back with Insiders and a little bit more of Tim. See ya. Bye. Okay, we're back. I feel, I, I'm ready to, to enlist. <laughs> the music's great today. I'm ready to enlist. Anyway, so now we talk about insiders, and we always talk about insiders. Why? Because they're smarter than we are. You know, they've got the, you know, they've got the all the stuff in front of them. Okay, which is uh, what you want, obviously. So now, look, they're normally early, and what we do is we buy things way ahead of time. Okay, so you got to be a patient investor if you're buying with insiders. So I'll just leave it at that. Once again, we're a live show, so the number here is two one six nine zero one zero nine four five two one six. Uh, 9010945. So we'll start off the day with Nelson Peltz. And uh, Nelson Peltz has been an unbelievable investor as far as I'm concerned. Just made a ton of money on Procter & Gamble, uh, pushing the board to do things that they should have been doing all along. He did it with Wendy's, but Wendy's at five, it's at 20 now. Uh, uh, Mondelez, he still has a huge position and he, he knows what he's doing. The only stock I think he's you know messed up on is GE. 
But believe me, he wasn't. I mean, he he bought two billion dollars worth of stock at like twenty three, twenty four. But Jeff Immel and all these other guys bought all this stock too. And I, if you ask me, I think the GE didn't tell the whole truth. Uh, but by the way, I do think Mr. Colt is an honorable man, and I think they're on the right path in a big, big way. I think you've got to be patient to buy that stock though. So, but Mr. Colt, what he did with Danaher was absolutely phenomenal. Just, uh, but Mr. Pels and Joshua Frank. Uh, on May 15th, bought $28.5 million worth of stock. And then they came back on May 18th and bought another $5 million worth of stock. That's not chump change, folks, $5.4 million worth of stock. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And then the AES Corporation, which is a utility, uh, Jeff uh, Eubin, who is a uh, um, director, bought $5.8 million uh, uh, worth of it. And then uh, Mercury General Corporation, you know, we talked about back on May 14th, last week we talked about this, he bought $4.4 million. Well, he came back on the 19th, uh, or 20th, I'm sorry, bought another $2.3 million. So he must like the stock. And then we had uh, Cortezyme, which is a biotech company, and it's one of the few I don't know. Uh, I, I looked it up beforehand, so I know a little bit more about it. But uh, on May 19th, the chairman of the board uh, I mean, I'm sorry, director Dave Lamont bought $2.2 million worth. And then uh, uh, later on in the week, uh, i got to find this. We had uh, Epic Capital, which is a 10% owner, buy another $116,000. Now, they own $2.8 million worth of the stock. So, uh, uh, But I, look, uh, a couple other things. Uh, you know, we talked about this Continental Resource Development Company, and uh, they bought several times last week. Well, the same people, and that's uh, Continental Holdings uh, and Riverstone, bought on May 21st, they each bought $1.4 million stock. Now, this is a dollar stock, so it's a lot of stock. Then they bought some more They bought some more on the 18th, about a million more on the 18th. Then they bought some on the uh, some more on the 20th uh, to the tune of 600000 Then they, they had four different people buy. Uh, they, they bought four times again on the 15th, and that's what we talked about last week. So uh, numerous buys here, and uh, then some more on the 19th, a couple quarter million dollars uh, each. and So something's going on there, obviously, and uh, we'll leave it there. Now, uh, to Pete, you know, Max Fuller, who's executive chairman of U.S. Steel, uh, bought, he, he bought 35,000 shares. It's the first buy in U.S. Steel that I can remember in years. Uh, so we also had uh, Cortiva, which is, you know, they, when they split Dow, DuPont, Emerged and they split them up. They split them into Dow, DuPont, Dow, and Cortiva. And there were several buys this week in Cortiva. Also, uh, Arc- uh, Arconic, which is, you know, the, the split up between Alcoa and Arconic, uh, we had the uh, CLO uh, buy uh, 10,000 shares. Uh, then we had, uh, by the way, there was three buys in Cortiva. Uh, then we had, uh, what was the other one? Okay. Then we had a director buy uh, $300,000 worth and then another director buy $310,000 worth. So quite a few people buy an S. Now, here's a, here's a shock. Merrill Whitner, who's on the board of Berkshire Hathaway, bought eight shares. That doesn't sound like much, but it's $2 million of the A. She bought the A. Now, look, I looked at Berkshire Hathaway, and I believe it's trading below book value, which is usually, you know, Maybe she's being smart. Also, uh, Greenbrier, which was a name I owned for a long, long time, made pretty good money on. I haven't bought it, I haven't been around in about five, eh, eight years now. Uh, 
So we had a buyer of 1.6 million, and he just happens to be Bill Furman, who's the chairman and CEO. So pay attention there. And then uh, Steve Klinsky, who uh, if you don't know that name, you should. Uh, New Mountain Financial. He bought uh, 1.5, 1.6 million dollars worth, and uh, he did. Then he bought 800 thousand dollars, and I believe he bought one more chunk too. Yeah, another uh, 450 thousand. So uh, some good buys there. Now here's a couple names that uh, Tim. Uh, now I own one of these. I'm up big on it, so I'm not recommending it. But I'm not going to tell you which one it is either. But Mark Felberg of um, TLS Advisors. Uh, it's, a, it's just the initials for the name, bought 4.55% of Ovid. Uh, and that's a interesting company. Uh, and also uh, Ocular Therapeutics, uh, a group for the, the summer, PL, uh, uh, summer, which is a uh, hedge fund, bought 363,000 shares of 2.4 million. They already own quite a bit too. So uh, I, uh, very interesting stuff going on there. And, uh, you know, I, I I think that uh, you'll see quite a few uh, uh, names like that go up, especially uh, you know the smaller cap biotechs, because I think biotech's bad. Uh, you know, they went to a five-year bear, bear market when Hillary uh, down said she hated uh, uh, drug pricing, and uh, also our Fed chairman at that time she said basically they're overvalued. So there we go. So you know, I, I've been uh, Bob Dickey uh, had some great pieces this week, and I. I Look, what he's talking about is we're in range bound, okay? So if we break above the 25,000 level on the Dow, we're probably going higher. If we break below the 22,800 level, we're probably got a problem on our hands, okay? So we're in this range bound uh, scenario and, and it's, it's a normal pattern for the stock market and it's, uh, it's a, you know, we make a move in one direction or the other. And, and, you know, right now we don't know which one it is, obviously. So we have to, you know, be prepared. So, you know, last week we got right up to resistance in this range and, and we stopped. Okay. So it, we might be range bound more. And like I said, if we broke the 22, eight, uh, 22,800, we're probably going down to around 2,100. If we don't, we're probably going to 27,000. So we got right up to it and pulled back, pulled back. So uh, what may happen is we may have a change, like I said before, a change in leadership. And, you know, that would be something to pay very close attention to. So, you know, uh, we keep having this, you know, then I looked at the S&P 500. It's kind of the same scenario. So we need to break above uh, the in the S&P 500 about – 29, 29.80, we'll call it. Uh, and, and then if we broke below 27, we'd probably go back to that, uh, you know, the area, the 2400 area, okay? So we're going to be range-bound for a while, and, and uh, range-bound's great because uh, once it gets, you know, it stays there for a while, if it moves above that range, it's a huge move. It blows, blows that range, you know, you've got to be more careful. It's just about that simple. So uh, now... One of the things that, you know, I said earlier was I thought that gold looked pretty good. And, uh, you know, we look, we recommended gold way back in August of, of uh, uh, 2019. And gold's made a big move. And most of my gold stocks are up 40, 50 percent on, on the low end, 70 or 80 on the up end. So I think you got to pay attention there. So, look, right now, here's what I do. I'd be looking at dividend growth. Uh, portfolio. I, I got six great ideas in that portfolio in the prime income list. I got three dynamite ideas 
but don't forget, there's the ASCO meeting next week, the American Society of Clinical Oncologists. Go to my webpage, WHK1420 AM. Go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show, Tim Hayes. Go right to my webpage. Go to Insights. Listen to Mark Mahaney's interview. It won't be on there much longer. He's one of the smartest analysts on the planet. That's why CNBC has him all the time. In the meantime, if you're a business owner and you think about selling your business, there's a great guide to business transition. If you're going to use credit, there's a savvy credit uh, handbook. There's the wealth wealth plan. There's the family inventory workbook. No better time to get your your uh, things in order. In the meantime, uh, this is Memorial Day. Uh, you know, to all this, you know, kiss a sailor, hug a marine. Be careful of the Marines out there. Bad, <laughs> bad dudes, bad girls, bad, bad girls and boys. Uh, high five a, uh, a uh, pilot and, and leave his wrist alone because he might need him. Anyway, uh, to all our uh, people out there in the armed forces, uh, we love you. Thank you for serving our country. And for all you guys out there, remember, uh, have a great Memorial weekend. It's kind of supposed to rain all next week, so enjoy yourself. And buy low, sell high. This is Tim Hayes. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.